BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. A lot of GMs kicking themselves over that one. He's extremely articulate and uh, very inquisitive. And I think that's always, that's the best trait to have is curiosity because you want to know why things work, right? You want to know why um, things happen, how things happen. And when you have that kind of curiosity, you're constantly seeking for ways to improve. And um, that's, the, that's the thing that jumped out at me the most. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where although there's an ATM in every city, there is only one former seven-foot Lakers champion trying to make it back as a quote-unquote NBA basketball player, which is, in fact, what Andrew Bynum wrote in his MySpace back in 2003 under the Goals I Want to Achieve This Year section. Tommy, does the word player factor in to any of your goals this year? Uh... <laughs> I wish I had something funny to say right there, dude, but I, I honestly don't. So why don't we talk about Bynum's MySpace page, by the way, which we rediscovered and unearthed today. Yeah, I don't know where you found that. It was hilarious, and it gave me awesome flashbacks. So many may recall, this was the uh, the draft night. We had our first lottery pick in a long time. It was number 10. Me and one of my good friends, uh, Victor, I was at his house and uh, we were watching the draft. And the reason I was at his house is because this was one of the first years, I think because we had a lottery pick, it was one of the first years, if not the first year, that I actually looked into college players or like players that we could draft with number 10 because we never had to pick that high before. So I, I normally I didn't care. And we were so hyped on like a few guys. Danny Granger was that year. Um, Martel Webster, we were super hyped on. <laughs> And uh, the but the biggest hype of all, Gerald Green. And we were a thousand percent sure the Lakers were going to take Gerald Green. And when they took and Gerald Green was sure enough still on the board at number 10. Some of that like Martell was off. Uh, Granger was still on, but like we were highest on Green. And it came up to us and it was like the Lakers select Andrew Bynum. And we were like, who in the heck is this kid? 
Okay, and he stands up all goofy looking out of his seat and walks down. And immediately we went on the internet and searched around for him. And we found this MySpace page. And we were like, there's no way this is legit. Like some crazy Lakers fan just made it. But we noticed he was wearing like, he took a selfie. His profile picture was a selfie of himself wearing like in his hotel room before the draft, wearing like the suit or shirt or something that he wore at draft night. So we were like, it's legitimately him. And then we just read his profile and we just laughed our asses off. And it was taken down the next day <laughs> because presumably Lakers, somebody somebody from the Lakers saw it and told him to take it down. What was the funniest? You told it to me earlier. What was the funniest line that you thought made no sense? The funniest line, <laughs> the funniest line was, oh yeah, it was the series of would you ever questions. And one of them was, would you ever walk barefoot in the snow? And Andrew Bynum's response to this was, no, dot, 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 I'm black. <laughs> and I have no idea what the connection is there. Um, but, you know, here we are. Right. Well, that's a perfect segue, Tommy, because would you ever take Andrew Bynum back with the Lakers' last roster slot? No. Hey, that was simple. So no to come back Bynum for you. Yeah, with that said, tonight's episode, we have a special guest on. His name is Cartier French Tony. He was a former point guard, and he is a basketball skills trainer now, training one of the top high school prospects in the nation, Jaden McDaniels. But more specifically for us and more relevant to us, him and Jaden McDaniels had a chance to train with Clint Parks and Kyle Kuzma this past summer. So we get to hear a little bit about their experience and what that was like to learn from an up-and-coming NBA player himself in Kyle Kuzma. So we'll get to that interview shortly. But before we get to that, as usual, please follow us on Twitter, at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and interview us on iTunes, because the more you rate and interview us, that's how many times a play that LeBron has practiced in NBA 2K19 this summer on his couch. That's how many times that play will actually come to lit fruition on the actual basketball court this season. Tommy, does it feel good to know that LeBron James is just like you and me, just wasting away his life on his couch playing NBA 2K19, waiting for the uh, season to start? I don't know that that makes me feel good. <laughs> um... But yeah, it's cool that LeBron's playing. It's cool how lit he seems to be to uh, be on this new team with these new guys. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, and what's funny is Kyle Kuzma has also been playing NBA 2K19, and he's he's been playing it to hone his skills as a playmaker, which is very interesting. And instead of playing it for fun, he's actually using it as a uh, as a teaching tool for himself, which is which is I think pretty interesting and cool. Also, we're trying to get to 2,000 followers on Twitter before the season begins, before training camp begins. I think we're about like 15 followers away. If you could please help us out in that respect, tell other people to follow us. Um, we would really appreciate that. If you want me to follow you guys, you know, just respond to us on Twitter, reply and interact with us. And that, that's an easy way to get me to follow you guys back. But honestly, if you listen to the show and you enjoy our content, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Also, if you're in the giving mood, please consider donating to our patreon page patreon.com slash the lakers legacy podcast even a dollar helps our cause so if you could consider doing that we give out special perks and early listens to our episodes especially during summer so yeah we would really appreciate it also really quickly I'd like to point you guys to Interlude Active, which is our sponsor tonight, our special sponsor. Interlude Active is a retreat brand that holds health and wellness fitness retreats. They've got one coming up this November, November 1st through the 4th in the Redondo Beach area. Through three nights and three days, they've got yoga classes, circuit training, physical therapy seminars, healthy meal prep tutorials by an on-site chef. It's just a really good time to get away from the work world, get fit, get healthy. It's co-ed. You can bring a girlfriend, you can bring a boyfriend and do it together. Pretty much, it's just a really cool fitness retreat where you'll also have some downtime, meet some really cool new people, meet some really cool trainers who are doing it big in the fitness world. So yeah, if you want to hear more about that, go to interludeactive.com. If you use promo code LakersLegacyPod, you'll get a 20% discount off your retreat package. And that package includes lodging at the Redondo Beach Hotel, includes all of the food that you guys end up cooking up with the professional chef, and obviously includes all of the sessions with the different trainers and teachers. So yeah, check out Interlude Active today. 
Uh, but with that said, before we get to the Kyle Kuzma stuff, Tommy, I'm, I wanted to do a quick rapid fire with you because there have been some Lakers news that have come out about a week and a half now out from training camp, which is crazy that we're that close. So I'm going to throw these topics out to you and you give me your one word, yes or no answers, kind of the way that you did with Andrew Bynum. Uh, for the record, by the way, my answer to that comeback Bynum question is, why not? All right, um, let's start with your thoughts on Anthony Davis firing his agent and clutch agency being at the top of that list. Yes. Lonzo Ball's jump shot mechanics. Yes. <laughs> it looks pretty nice, right? I mean, not to, to stop the flow here, but it looks more fluid. Well, it just, what I like is they didn't, it, so it's not an overhaul. And I never thought he needed an overhaul, despite how poorly he shot last year. Um, but it's nice to, uh, to see that they've clearly been working with him on shooting off the dribble. Because his windup off the dribble, I mean, there was all those stats, right, about how he took like eight mid-range shots an entire season at UCLA. Because his windup coming off the dribble was so slow. Yeah. Um, and it just allowed guys to react. So now he looks so much more fluid off the dribble. And even his set shot looks a little bit more fluid. So, yeah, for sure. Um, 2K LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> JJ Redick admitting that the Lakers were in line for his services this summer. Would you rather have had Redick than KCP? Um, actually, this is going to be controversial, but I would rather have KCP. I, I really like Redick. I might look like an idiot this season for saying that, but. I think KCP is a very is like a good shooter. He's not as good as Redick, but he's a good shooter, and uh, he's a much better defender at this stage. Um, so I'll take him. But you can easily, easily make the argument. And I'm I actually, as I'm saying it, maybe I'm leading this way. You could easily make the argument that Josh Hart is so good now that why not just take the specialist three point shooter? Mm -hmm. Because we're probably going to be closing most games with Josh Hart anyway. Counter argument to my counter argument <laughs> is uh, KCP can defend some threes. Um, I'll leave it at that. I would say my initial first instinct is to say J.J. Redick, right? Just because he's such a pure shooter and he grades out pretty much A-plus in that department as a Kyle Korver type. And then you just think about the length and versatility that KCP provides. And, I mean, J.J. Redick has always been a pretty solid defender. That's how he was able to round out his career as more than just a shooter. But I'm pretty sure that's declined in, in recent years. And... He's probably going to be one of those weakest links on your team where KCP, I think, still has that youth and energy to fight over screens and move his feet laterally. And he's just a more athletic player. So, yeah, I actually think I'd go KCP. Um, let's see. Moving on. JaVale McGee three-point shooting off the dribble. No. <laughs> I heard some intrigue in that no, though. Am I right? No. No. <laughs> okay. Um... Let's see. What else do I have? Uh, LeBron James Bigfoot movie. That's a big yes. <laughs> All right. That's it for my uh, rapid fire. Not my not so rapid, rapid fire round. Um, Tommy, let's talk about Kyle Kuzma before we uh, get to my interview with Cartier French Tony talking all about Kyle Kuzma's summer. This guy has been doing everything this summer, by the way. He has been, he's gone back to Flint, helped out his community, held some basketball camps there, given out school supplies to kids. He's training up-and-coming young players like Jaden McDaniels, all the while working on his body, using 2K19 as a supplementary tool to round out his game. This guy has just been everywhere, and it's 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 really encouraging to see that you know, as as flashy and as stylish as Kyle Kuzma seems to be at times, there's just another dynamic to him just being an also a very hard worker who just puts his head down. And even in his interview with Mike Trudell recently, just saying that he, what he finds fun is working out, sleeping, eating, playing video games, and going back to working, pretty much. Um, with that said, Tommy, I wanted to get your thoughts on Kyle Kuzma as a prospect. We've just finished his year one. He broke out, he exceeded expectations, he got NBA first team all-rookie, 16 points, 6.3 rebounds, 1.8 steals on 45% shooting, 37% from three, hitting 2.1 a game, 159 threes made, 3.8 in win shares. Donovan Mitchell, by comparison, got a 5.2, and that was with him leading his team and getting more usage and on and with a better su supporting cast. Kyle Kuzma, just to go run through some of his milestones, 
Kyle Kuzma is the third rookie in Lakers history to have 1,000 points, an effective field goal percentage over 50, the other two being Magic Johnson and James Worthy. Now, Kyle Kuzma's 159 made three-pointers, that is tied for fourth all-time for threes made by a rookie. And that's in spite of the fact that he only started 37 games. By comparison, Steph Curry made 166 as a rookie. So he's off by seven, which is crazy. He was also the fourth rookie in NBA history to average at least 16 points, six rebounds, hit 45% from the field, 35% from three. The other three rookies to do this were Larry Bird, Chuck Person, and Joel Embiid. Kind of a super random group, but... One other interesting stat that I wanted to throw out, I was looking at his shot distribution on Basketball Reference, and he made 43 out of 76 hook shots. That's 57% from hook shot range, which which is ridiculous because nobody else has quote-unquote hook shot range. So all in all, very impressive season, very unique and versatile season by Kyle Kuzma. But it kind of feels like we've been here before. And we've been here before in the sense that It was not too long ago that Jordan Clarkson was also receiving this same amount of hype. And we were probably saying the same amount of things, the same amount of things that we did for Jordan Clarkson as we are now with Kyle Kuzma coming out of his rookie year, where we thought that sky was the limit. You know, it seemed like he could do everything and all he needed to do was shore up his three point shot and his defense. But JC, unfortunately, just continued to plateau. Now, I want to ask you about Kyle Kuzma, whether he's giving off those same vibes to you? And if he isn't, what are some of the distinctions in your head that make you believe that Kyle Kuzma is not another Jordan Clarkson? So I actually think this is a super interesting question. It's funny because I think you texted me this question or Facebook me or something, the question earlier. And I remember thinking like, I don't think it's similar at all, but I kind of thought about it a little bit throughout the day. And it's a, it's actually, I think, a fair, a more fair point than it seems at first. Uh, it might seem at first. Um, Jordan Clarkson, it's so easy to forget how quickly narratives can change in the NBA. Um, one year, all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm sure there are tons of people listening to this who are saying, like, this is not even close to the same. Like, I knew Jordan Clarkson wasn't that good at the end of the first season. But, like, Jordan Clarkson was all rookie first team. He had some absurd games. I mean, he dropped like 30 and 10 on Westbrook Mm -hmm. um, in one in a road game. I mean, we ended up losing the game, but like that is an absurd line for a rookie. Um, So it it wasn't just like, oh, well, Kuzma had that 38 against against the Celtics. It's like, no, Jordan Clarkson on a worse, a, a worse coach team. And he had worse teammates put up 30 and 10 on Westbrook in Oklahoma City, like kept us competitive in a season where we only won like 17 games or something like he he had a very very good season and oh well Kuzma now he takes the game so seriously we all cannot forget Jordan Clarkson had that whole thing about how oh uh you know I was so pissed off when I got drafted 46 I watched the NBA draft like 10 times and every single time I listed and he's just started like listing off the top of his head, all the point guards that were drafted ahead of him. And we were like, this guy is Kobe Bryant. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, it's so easy to forget that stuff because that hype died super quickly the next season, right? Like Clarkson had a few decent games um, early in the season, but from the preseason, he came out on the floor and we were like, wow, this guy looks at best the same as he was last year. You know, um, all that being said, I still think Kuzma's different. Okay, so Kuzma had, has done this over a much more extended period of time. He played 77 games this year. He played the entire summer league. Um, Jordan Clarkson only really played like half a season for us that year. I think he only started mm-hmm. like the last 15 to 20 games of the season. Yeah. Um, so it was a much tighter timeline, like a timeline where older guys, maybe you could argue were burning out a little bit more. And then younger guys are kind of coming into their own because they've gotten used to the pace and style of the game. So, you know, maybe it was good timing. He also ended up in a situation where he was by far in a way, the best offensive option on a team that was like, going nowhere and he had the green light to just do whatever he wanted. Um, Kuzma's situation, definitely a little bit different. The Lakers were actually pretty good this year. 
Um, Kuzma had a lot of competition for minutes between Julius Randle, who had a fantastic season, uh, Larry Nance, who was on the team most of the year and, and played really, really well as, as well. And uh, Kuzma, despite all odds, because I, before, when we drafted him, I was like, there's no way this guy's playing this year. And that was before the summer league. And then when he played really well in the summer league, I was like, all right, well, he's going to make it interesting for the backup spot. And then after the preseason, I was like, this guy should be the, he's the best player on the team. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, uh, I I think Kuzma has just done it so consistently over such a long period of time that, you know, I think that's a big distinguisher. I, and, you know, couple that with the fact that, like I said, the Lakers are a little bit better or quite a bit better. I mean, maybe double the wins that year with Clarkson. Um, that's another huge factor. And so for those reasons, I, I, I think you can make a very good argument that it's, it's similar. And that's why we shouldn't get too excited about, about Kuzma until we see what he does this year. But I think the situations are different enough to where we can be confident that, uh, that it's, it's different. Yeah. And I bring up that comparison more so to, just point out that yes at this point it, there are some similarities but i'm of the mindset that it's completely different and only to you know just place that cautionary tale of and not not to knock jc being drafted as a second round pick he was able to make himself a career which you can't knock on anybody um but with Kyle Kuzman i think if you just look at the skill set that he provides in comparison to Jordan Clarkson i mean it's always just going to benefit you to have three or four inches more than a, than a guard, you know, he's six, nine, uh, could rebound the ball. And the best thing that he showed his rookie season was just the ability to shoot. And if you can show off the bat that you can shoot, that opens up your game so much, you know, let's say Kyle Kuzma didn't have the hook shot package or the Anton Jameson nifty layup package that he does where he can pretty much flip up a shot anytime he's near the rim and it'll go in. Let's say he didn't have any of that. Just the fact that he hit 159 three-pointers, trailing Steph Curry's rookie season by seven, uh, that's insane. And he shot 37% from three. You know, JC was an okay shooter, but he was never like an elite caliber type shooter. And Kuzma right now is at least on that track. And, you know, some of the milestones that I threw out there Jordan Clarkson did a lot of really good stuff his rookie season, and he, di- and he did make first-team all-rookie, but not to the extent that Kyle Kuzma showed last year with regards to the historical statistical milestones that he put up. So I think taking that into account is why I think there's a little more leeway for Kyle Kuzma in terms of really being able to, to uh, propel himself past this you know, Jordan Clarkson-type plateau level. Now, Tommy, what are your thoughts on just, you know, the knock on Kuzma right now is that his age, right? He's an older prospect. Um, at what point do you throw that out the window and just look at the the intangibles the guy has as well as, as his on-court skill and just say, no, I, I, think, I think this guy can make it. I think this guy can, can make that leap. Because I think for me, and just hearing about what Kyle Kuzma has been doing and working on this offseason with regards to he's been working with Kobe Bryant. He's been at film sessions with Rajon Rondo trying to focus in on his defense. Um, the biggest thing he's worked on is his strength and bulking up just so that he can be a better defender. Yeah, you know, taking all that into account. Yeah, at what point do you just say, like, I used to put a ceiling on Kyle Kuzma, but it doesn't matter if he's 23 coming into this season. I'm just excited to see where this guy's career goes. I think, like, from the very beginning, because I'm not a big oh, this guy's old, so his ceiling is lower. I, I, I think that's true in, in most cases, okay? But also, guys peak at different times. Um, guys come into their own. The guys figure it out at different times. Kyle Kuzma played, like, a completely different role at Utah for three years in college than what he's played in the NBA. Like, that alone gives him so much upside to just keep improving and and getting better as a player than what we saw last year. Because if you think about it, it was, like, his first time, probably since he was, like, in high school and the best player on this team, it was his first time uh, playing that way. So because of that, he has upside. Like I said about the people peak at different ages. I mean, you see it every year. Some guys come in. They're super strong as rookies, and then that's just how they play the rest of their career. And some guys come in, and they do nothing for three years, Victor Oladipo, and then all of a sudden <laughs> peak at, the, you know, at, at their fourth or fifth year. Um, so I, I think that 
Kuzma has a lot of room for improvement. You also cannot underestimate the um, the strength and conditioning work that he's done this summer and that mm-hmm. most rookies do between their first and second year. <clears throat> and that's part. Of, that's going to be a huge part of all of these guys making jumps is their bodies. Um, Kuzma is going to be in much, much better shape. He's not going to be as tired in late games as he was last year. Uh, he's going to, you know, he's worked on his leg strength, so he's going to have more legs to shoot the the long ball and, and play inside and play on defense. And he, this guy, honestly, the sky is the limit for this guy between him, Lonzo and Ingram. I really don't know who's going to be the best. Uh, hopefully they're all the best. Cause I mean, they're all going to be really damn good because I, at least one of those guys is going to be really good. So I, Kuzma though, I think has just as much upside as both of those guys who are, you know, top two picks and uh, are both number two picks and both 20 years old. Um, Kuzma, despite his age, I think just has just as much upside. Yeah. And I think this summer Kyle Kuzma so far has kind of put his money where his mouth is and we'll see whether all that comes to fruition once he's alongside LeBron James on the court this season also check out the stat and credit goes to Joey Ramirez from Lakers.com for this Um, as a rookie Kuzma averaged 1.12 points per possession in isolation shooting a whopping 50% on such attempts among players who took at least 50 ISO shots only James Harden and Kyle Lowry averaged more points per possession what it's crazy also, post-ups, he was very impressive. He averaged 1.01 points per possession on 58% shooting, Holy which is 85th percentile in the league. This dude and... is just, like, so good. He's so good. <laughs> but, yeah, this guy's going to be good. Uh, with that said, I'm going to turn it over now to my interview with Cartier French Tony, where we'll get a little more info and tidbits on Kyle Kuzma's offseason and what he's been working on, why they went to Kyle Kuzma to train, and what Kyle Kuzma is passing down to the younger generation of players. And I think it's just a really cool story to hear this offseason. It kind of rounds out Kyle Kuzma as a person more fully outside of just basketball. Um, so hope you guys enjoy that. And uh, yeah, with that said, we will catch you guys after the turn and see you guys soon because training camp is right around the corner. Hey, this is Brian from the Almighty Baller Podcast Network here to talk about keeps. So there's just no two ways to say it. Losing hair is awful. Nobody wants to go through it. And two out of three guys are going to experience hair loss by the time they're 35. This is the world we live in, people. Now, I personally haven't started this you know, downturn, but I got a couple of people close to my life that go through it, and they always say, should have started it sooner rather than later. So anyways, these FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes, now and starting just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. So they've ironed out the process. Basically, you just take a photo of your hair, and you shoot it over, and a licensed physician will review the information and recommend the right treatment to you, and then, boom, shipped right to your door every three months. So Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month, uh, plus now you can get your first month free uh, to, to what? To keep your hair. So come on, what are we talking about here? To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash almighty. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash almighty. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash almighty. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. So you feel like you're going to energize him? Uh, definitely, for sure. You know, we're out there young, hungry, trying to, you know, make a name for ourselves and really trying to win. So, um, you know, it's going to be a great marriage for sure. All right. Today, we're pleased to have former point guard and basketball skills trainer out of Washington, Cartier French Tony, on with us to talk about his summer working with one of the best high school prospects in the nation, Jaden McDaniels as well as their time together learning from one of the best, Lakers second-year player Kyle Kuzma. Cartier, how are you doing tonight, and how did you get the name Hotbread? I'm doing fine. Um, and I actually, I got the name from a, uh, from this dude, AJ Diggs. He would always comment on uh, Clint Park's social media, and he always would be like, I see you serving that Hotbread. And then <laughs> I kind of just took it and ran with it myself, and, on all my social media posts, I'd be like, I'm serving this hot bread, like I'm serving this hot bread. And it just <laughs> picked up from there. And that name was just stuck with me. Like everywhere I go, like people see me and they already know, like, that's hot bread. Like, what's up, hot bread? Like, they don't even really call me about my name anymore. 
That's awesome. And since your name is Cartier French, Tony, have they ever called you hot French bread? I don't know if you've had French bread, but French bread's pretty good. No, nah, they've never called me that, and I've never had French bread. But I want, but you know, hopefully, I get to go to France one day and have French bread, and I'll try it out per your request. No, you should definitely try it out, and then after that, you can call yourself hot French bread. But with that said, before we start, could you tell me a little bit about yourself and let us know how you got into skills training? I know you played, I know you played high school basketball and AAU ball, and even played in college in Canada. But how did you come about just sort of training? basketball players on the side and especially training someone who's such a high level prospect like Jaden McDaniels who I knew kind of exploded this past year um I got started in 2013 um I knew that it was getting ready to be the end for me as far as my basketball playing career I knew I had one year left of school and I just knew that I needed to find a different venture for myself that kept me close to the game and I was passionate about skill development. I was passionate about helping at the time, helping young men get better at the game of basketball. So it was just something I knew I had to get into. And I got into it with Keith Smith and Keith Smith had a really good year. He went from averaging seven points as a sophomore. I mean, as a freshman to averaging 22 points a game, as a sophomore and everyone had seen the work that had been done with him. And then more people started to reach out about training. And Jaden actually has an older brother, Jalen McDaniels, mm-hmm. who plays at San Diego state. And I started working with him first, helping him get ready for his senior year about three to four years ago. And then once he was a senior, Jaden was a freshman and he started to bring Jaden to the workouts. And ever since then, this has been me, Jaden, Jalen, you know, and also numerous other kids in the area that I train. We've just been in the lab working, trying to get better every day. Um, awesome. I've been telling people for a while that Jaden was the best player in Washington, and some people didn't want to listen to me, and they believed other kids and other players were better, which they have the right to. But I knew what I see. My eyes don't lie. I've been doing this for a while, you know. I've been playing for a long time, so I've seen very talented players, and he's just he's different. And I, I could sense that when I went down with him in San Diego last summer to work out with his brother. I'm like, this is a different dude. Like, he's different. Like, I see something different. And now you're starting to see the fruition of the hard work that he's put in on his own time and the time that he's put in with me. Absolutely. So, you know, going further into Jaden McDaniels and his game, he's like a lanky athletic freak 6'9 6'10 with a seven foot wingspan in some ways he kind of resembles his body kind of resembles the Lakers Brandon Ingram but can you tell us tell us a little bit more about his game and just your work with him I mean to me he's not a forward but he's not a guard so there's you can't like pigeonhole him in one spot because he does multiple things well he can shoot the three ball he can put it down on the floor and get to the rim he can shoot his mid-range he can dunk on you defensively. He can guard one through four, you know, with added strength. He can be a five. So he's just – he's really versatile. Like, that's his biggest asset and his mm-hmm. biggest strength is his versatility. Once he puts on more muscle and gains more weight, I think he can take his game to a whole nother level. As far as the Brandon Ingram comparison, I don't, I don't really see it, but – I mean, it's we're in a current day and age where every kid, if they're long and they're lanky and they're <laughs> athletic, they get a Brandon Ingram or they get a Kevin Durant or especially sure. with him and the way his hair is, you'll get a Jonathan Isaac just because of, you know, the same complexion. Right, right. Now, you guys got a chance to work out with Clint Parks and Kyle Kuzma this summer at the Lakers facility. How did that come about? And what's your relationship with Clint and even Kuz? That came about with Clint Parks. Clint's been working with Kyle for the last three to four years since Kyle was a redshirt freshman at mm-hmm. Utah. Kyle reached out to him via Twitter. He DM'd him. And, you know, they've developed a close relationship with each other. And in turn, I have a close relationship with Jaden. And Kyle, and Clint was just like, you know, let's get him down here so they can work out together. You know, he, feel, he felt like Kyle – could really give Jaden what what's missing to his game, you know, give him an NBA perspective, you know, give him a different voice. 
I have been in the plans for a while. Um, him and Jaden have been going back and forth in text messages. You know, I'm a, I'll bust, I'll bust your butt. <laughs> no, I'll bust your butt. You know, they have been exchanging. So we knew that we had to get Jaden down to LA for the summer to get some workouts in with Kyle because we knew it could be beneficial to him. Now, with Jaden being a versatile type of player, and you you just mentioning that you and Clint felt like Kuz could kind of round out Jaden's game even even more. In what specific areas do you think that his his time with Kyle Kuzma really helped him out this summer? And what skills did you guys hope would specifically translate over to Jaden? I think all around because Kyle's giving you the perspective from an NBA game. He's giving you the game from a guy who just averaged 16 and 6 as a rookie. That was a 27th pick who just played against LeBron, KD, and all these guys. Like, you know, you've seen his game versus Rockets. He had. 33 or whatever he had and hitting a bunch of threes. So he's speaking to him like an NBA player and giving him the game from an NBA perspective. This is how you attack at this angle. You want to go here. You got to do it this fast. You got to be this quick. Otherwise, dudes is coming. Dudes is too long. Dudes are too aggressive. So it's just like that whole mentality and that mindset, you get to hear it from a dude who's already done it. So it's like everything he he was saying to Jaden, Jaden was just a sponge and he was taking it all in. Right, right. With regards to specific basketball skill sets, did Jaden learn any new moves that maybe he didn't beforehand from Kuzma? I mean, you know, you know, Kyle Kyle gave him his famous the sky hook. <laughs> most definitely, we worked on that a lot of adding that to Jaden's package. You know, he's telling him, you know, well, you're working out with me. We're working on our sky hook. I'm, I practice this shot a lot, and you're going to get this shot down in your game too. Was there a specific part of Kyle Kuzma's game outside of obviously the hook shots, which honestly he could teach anyone at this point because nobody really has that in their arsenal. But was there another, any other specific part of Kyle Kuzma's game that Jaden really wanted to latch on to and sort of mimic and learn as well? Um, yeah, he wanted to learn like how Kyle scored in the low post, like from the block, and then Kyle's ability to play off a closeout, which is one of the best in the NBA, in my opinion. If you watch him, that's what he's really good at. He's really good at attacking a closeout. So those are two of the things that Jaden took away most from working with Kyle. What was Kyle impressed about with regards to Jaden? I'm sure he gave him some compliments, but like, what specifically stood out to Kyle about Jaden himself? Just, just how skilled he is to be 17. He's just like, man, this dude's good. Like, he's he could be a future number one pick. Like, you know, mm-hmm. him telling him that and to hear it from a dude that's been through the draft and been around, you know, Lonzo Ball, who's number two, been around Brandon Ingram, who's number two. You know, he can kind of, he kind of knows what it looks like. That's awesome. Now, before actually working out with Kyle Kuzma this summer, I guess, how familiar were you with Kuzma's game and career prior to you guys getting this up close and personal tutelage from Kuz? And I guess, was there anything that stood out to you about Kuzma himself, his game, his physique that maybe you didn't know prior to actually meeting him? Um, I was really familiar with his game because he went to Utah and they're Pac-12. So I follow a lot of the Pac-12 with me just being a West Coast guy. But what surprised me in person was that he was really skilled. Like, he's really good. Like, you see a lot of these dudes on TV and, you know, you, you don't really appreciate the talent until you see it in person. I'm like, man, this dude is really good. Like, you know, he's put on about 20 pounds of muscle, so he's toned up. He's a lot bigger than he was as a rookie, and and you can see it. Mm. From your observations, like like you just mentioned, maybe even your your talks with Clint, what were some of the areas that that Kuzma focused in on this summer and maybe even improved upon just from your observation? Um, He really focused on getting stronger and playing more out of the low posts. Um, he mm-hmm. felt like those were the areas for improvement. He felt like he had to get a lot stronger and tone up because of how physical the game is at the NBA level and how long the season is and how much it wears on your body. And he felt like he could have done a better job posting up at the block. He felt like the strength was an issue because he would get pushed out of spots and moved out. So now with that added strength, you'll see a lot better low post game out of Kyle next year. Now, if you had to pinpoint a weakness of Kyle Kuzma's game last year, it might have been defense. Do you think that him bulking up and strengthening his body will help in that respect as well? And is that part of something that he really focused in on this summer as well? 
Yeah, I think it does because now it's going to allow him the ability to be physical and to bang with the bigger bodies in the NBA. Whereas, you know, bigger dudes could bang on him and lean on him a little bit. You know, he has to give up weight. He has to give up room because he's not strong enough to hold his spot. And I think he's focused on the offseason, too, on improving his defensive ability, knowing you're going to be on a team with LeBron and knowing you're going to be on a team with Rajon Rondo. He knows that he's going to have to guard. Like, that's going to be demanded of him this season. Now, when it comes to Kyle Kuzma's shooting, Obviously, you know, when you go into strength training and, and you bulk yourself up a little bit, sometimes that can affect a person's shot mechanics. Do you think that affected him at all? Or do you think he's working so hard this summer that it's going to stay as pure as it was his his rookie season with the Lakers? No, I don't think it's affected him at all. If anything, it's added more range onto his jump shot than it mm-hmm. has hindered him. I think you'll continue to see an improved shooter. Like He works so hard at his craft, like he has no choice but to get better. Right. Now, I'm assuming you got to see a bit of a snapshot of Kuzma's off-season work regiment this summer with Clint. Seems like he's a real gym rat, but if you could go into any specifics and let us know about how much and how hard he was working in the gym and what his work ethic is like in general. I mean, I don't want to go into too many specifics just to give away, you know, what he's been working on. But, I mean, you see the reports and the reports are true, you know. He shows up early. He's back there in the middle of the day. He's back there at night. Like he's going three times a day, and he's not just focusing on, you know, stuff that's not going to translate. He goes in the morning and works out with the team. Then he'll go lift, and then he'll come back at night and work out with Clint. That's awesome. Now, was there anything that maybe surprised you about Kyle Kuzma that you didn't know before or that kind of took you off guard in a, in a good way? I mean, nothing really surprised me besides him telling me a story about just how he was no good when he was like in high school and just like how he wasn't expected to make it out of Flint. And there was dudes who are a lot better than him. And he ended up being the dude who made it out of Flint, who's now trying to mm-hmm. get back to Flint and help Flint out so that there can be another Kyle Kuzma or somebody better than him. That, that's really great. I know he's very societally aware and really carries that chip on his shoulder, um, not only basketball wise and having been overlooked, but also just I know there's a lot of stuff going on in Flint as well with the water crisis and whatnot. So it's it's really cool hearing how invested and involved he is with his own community and hometown. And I think he just leads a good example for, for other people. So that's really awesome to hear. Now, I guess with regards to just like him as a Laker, if you got to watch him at all his first year as a rookie, I guess what were your thoughts of him as a rookie with the Lakers and just kind of showing out and proving people wrong? I mean, to me, it's to, to have been following him in a Pac-12 it's not surprising. Like the same stuff that he's doing in the NBA, he did in college. Like go ask Brandon Ingram. They played Utah in the Garden. He had twenty three and eight on Duke. So like <laughs> it's not a surprise to see him doing it at a high level again in the NBA. I just think that a lot of dudes looked at Kyle and said, "Oh well, you know he's he's a little bit older. You know he doesn't have that much of a ceiling." But what you can't see sometimes is a dude's internal drive. You can't see their internal makeup. You can't see how hard they work. And that gets overlooked a lot in the process. With the LeBron factor, do you know through your conversations with either Clint or Kuz or, or both of them, did that change things in terms of the way that they were going about the season? Did they try? I mean, yeah, I guess did that change their offseason regiment versus if LeBron hadn't come into into play? Or was it just... Kuz knew that he wanted to improve regardless and he didn't want to hit that sophomore slump. No, it was it had nothing to do with whoever was coming to LA. It didn't matter. Kyle so locked in and focused and determined that he could have brought Kobe Bryant back and he would have worked just as hard as he has this summer. Like he has an internal drive that's that's built inside of him and he's just different. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to this upcoming year with LeBron James, uh, just through conversations you've had with Clint and, and Kyle Kuzma, how excited are they to have the best player in the game come in and just change everything for the better? And how do you think that Kyle sees his game opening up with a guy like LeBron, who's such a smart, high basketball IQ type of guy who just changes the entire offense for a team and, and just pulls in all the defenders? Um, he looks forward to playing with LeBron, actually. Um, he thinks that he can learn a lot from him. Like, Kyle's a sponge. Like, 
He wants to learn from everyone else and he wants to continue to get better. And who better to learn from than LeBron James, the greatest player to ever play his game. I know some Lakers fans might take that the wrong way, but <laughs> you know, in my opinion, he's the greatest Laker to ever wear that jersey. <laughs> what he feels he can do best with LeBron is that his ability to play off the ball, it complements LeBron. What LeBron does really well, LeBron makes plays for other dudes. He finds dudes and gets them shots. And that complements, that fits into what Kyle does. Kyle doesn't need the ball to be an ISO score and catch it on the wing. Like Kyle can catch a shoot. He can catch it and close out, attack the rim. He can catch attack one drill pull up. Like he just does things that are very complimentary, like of LeBron. That's awesome to hear. I guess th- this offseason and, and the work that Clint has done with Kyle, and I don't know if you know this, but from Kyle's rookie season, was there something that did they still feel like they were slighted in a certain way? Or did they, I mean, obviously, with someone like Kyle, who's so competitive, nothing's ever good enough for them. But was there anything specific that they felt like they really wanted to prove people wrong, even after such a breakout rookie season? No, I mean, I've asked that question, too, because, you know, it's always like, okay, well, you had 16 and six as a rookie. So, you know, what's the motivation and what's the drive now? Like, you know, you're proving yourself. But it's the hunger to do it all over again. You know, it's the hunger to prove that I can do this consistency. I can do this consistently in the league, that it isn't just a a one time show. Like, you know, it's not going to be a sophomore slump. You know, that was the biggest motivation for him is that improving himself again. You know, he feels like even though he averaged 16 and six, like he was still slept on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know the knock on Kakuzma is that maybe his ceiling is capped because he's more of an older player. Do you think that, that he takes that as a slight and, you know, carries that as a chip on his shoulder? Yeah. I mean, I think he most definitely does being a little bit older and, you know, as NBA players, they hear the things I said about him, but he doesn't let that affect him. He just knows and he believes in the work that he's put in and that he's going to put in that, you know, he has a dog mentality and an alpha mentality. So when you have a dog and you have an alpha mentality, your only goals are to get better. That's all you're trying to do. That's awesome. Now, um, how many times did you guys get to work out at the Lakers facility with, with Kyle? We worked out twice at the Lakers facility with Kyle. What did you think about the facility? State of the art. <laughs> and I walked in, I'm like, this is beautiful. Like three, four courts in there. The locker room is nice. The treatment rooms are nice. The weight room's nice. The offices are nice. You see all these banners. You see the retired numbers. It was just, it was so surreal being in the building. Like it's, it's different. Like it's the Lakers, like Los Angeles, yeah. Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson, you know, Kareem, Will, you know. The lineage behind it, it was just, it was so surreal. Like, I was, like, I was in shock. Like, I was like, damn, I'm here. Like, we're at the Lakers facility right now. Like, we're really here. Like, we're working out here with Kyle Kuzma. Was there any um, sort of word of advice that that Kyle gave Jaden that you think would be applicable to, like, any young guy trying to, you know, follow their dreams or just, like, work hard and continue to grind even with people overlooking them? Um, the biggest thing that he told him is just just to continue working and to never get satisfied and never rest on your laurels. Like you always got to continue to get better because there's dudes who are coming up behind you who are going to be working and that you got to work harder than them. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and very apt advice for any young basketball player, any young kid in general, just trying to chase and follow their goals and dreams. So now, when it comes to just Kyle Kuzma as a person and a mentor, can you talk about that a little bit and how he kind of took Jaden under his wing and, and what that meant to you guys? I mean, it meant a lot to me, you know, because you don't have a lot of dudes who send the elevator back down. A lot of dudes get there and they make it and they don't want to get a game back to the next dude who's coming up behind them because some dudes mm-hmm. are, are fearful that, you know, this dude will pass me up if I give him the game rather than making this dude better off. So, he can be better than you. And then when he has a dude coming up behind him, he's going to pass that same elevator down and you want to just continue to send it back down. And it's been huge for Jaden because he can reach out to Kyle at any time. Like you can text Kyle, you can call Kyle, Kyle responds right away. Whereas, you know, dudes have so many people calling their phone and texting their phone that, you know, it means a lot that Kyle takes time out of his day to mentor Jaden. That's awesome. 
With that said, Cartier, thanks so much for hopping on tonight. I don't know if you have any other things that you'd like to bring up. Nah, there wasn't nothing else that really jumped out of me. You know, we're just very appreciative of Kyle allowing us to work out and bring us to the facility. And, you know, it helps push Jaden's dream, you know, like it makes it feel a little bit more realer to you. Like, you know, like you're close to the NBA level. So this is what it can become. You know, these are the facilities that you could potentially be in one day. So that was just big for him, and it's been big for his confidence. I've seen a different level of focus in Jaden and a different difference in his attitude and his work ethic since we've been home, since we've left California. So it's been very beneficial for him that Kyle allowed him to work out this summer with him, especially it was towards the end of the summer. So it was like like we called it, me and Clint called it summer school for Jaden. So <laughs> it was like coming to Kyle was like the final exam. It's finals right. now. Like, you've been working all month. Kyle's been working all summer. Let's see what's what, you know? Absolutely. All right, man. Thank you so much for hopping on. If you want to, I don't know if you plugged any of your social sites, your Twitter, or anything like that. If, if you want to go ahead and do that, floor is yours. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is Mr. Hot Bread. <laughs> and then my Twitter is Mr. Yeah, I know. M R Y E A. I K N O W. And then my uh, Instagram is Mr. Hybrid M R H O T B R E A D. All right. Thanks, Cartier. We'll, we'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks for having me. This is what Flo from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.